Everybody say this. Say, it's time to move forward. Say, it's time to move forward. Title of my message this morning is Shift. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you. We're supported by you. Your presence is already here. Don't have to manufacture it today. Where two or more are gathered together in your name, you promise to be in the midst of them. And when we praise you and make decisions to praise you, you inhabit the praises of your people. So we know that you are here, Lord God. And so we ask that you move now, Lord God, in your word, Lord God, into each and every one of us. No matter what we're going through in life, Lord God, are touched by your word. It's inescapable, I declare, in this place. Before we leave this room and and usher out the back doors of this church, we will have received something of value from your word, we pray. Let revelation knowledge flow freely, we pray. In Jesus' name, in the church, said a big amen. Come on, say amen. I truly believe that, and I, I said this some months back, but I truly believe that we're still standing um, at the Red Sea, pr- prophetically speaking. Like, we still are in that place where we haven't crossed over. And we've gone out of Egypt, we've got out of that place of bondage, and here we are, got a promise on the inside of us for more. God says, I'm going to give you this, and I'm going to give you that, I'm going to give you a land. That's going to flow with milk and honey. And sometimes it's so good that we think to ourselves, it just can't be true, right? But we know we serve a God who cannot lie. It's impossible for him to lie, so he won't. Whatever he says, the Bible says, like the rain that falls from the cloud and it comes to the earth and it fulfills what it's supposed to do, so shall every word that God speaks. So we understand that God makes a promise, but sometimes there are these delays. But not every delay is a denial. And so we look at this delay, and it's a big one, because how are we going to cross the Red Sea? But God has a supernatural way that he's going to cause you to cross the Red Sea because he's not only deal with you and the promise he gave you, he's also going to judge your enemies. God has a whole plan here. And I don't want to spell the whole thing about what happened in that story, but you can read it for yourself some other time. Powerful, powerful truth. But prophetically, this is where we're at. We know we got promise. We know we're close but we're up against a huge obstacle or obstacles in our life. And when the children of Israel were about to shift, and I've seen this every time there, this happens, prophetically speaking, within the children of Israel, but specifically here, every time they're about to shift from being slaves to becoming people of destiny, the enemy wants to drag them back to where they used to be. And right now in this season, you will find this excitement begin to birth on the inside of you that you know God has promised you so much more. Matter of fact, some of you, I feel it by the Spirit of God, have been having dreams and God's reminding you of who he is to you and your future. I feel that, and if it hasn't happened, it's gonna happen. But there is, a, there is almost a push you feel in your spirit, but yet you're up against something you know you can't do on your own. You can't cross the Red Sea. You can't start that business because of that bankruptcy. You can't get you can't uh, start that healing ministry because of your own uh, physical ailments in your own body. Whatever it may be, you want, you want to do something great for God, but there's always this obstacle that's screaming to you no and wanting the devils want to drag you back to what you used to be. I would say this, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord your God this day. Somebody shout yes! This is not about you. This is about what God can do. It's not about what you have said. It's about thus saith the Lord our God who cannot lie. Come on. Everybody say this after me. Devil, you cannot 
not drag me back to my yesterdays. Take a picture. Remember me here. Because from this point on, I'm about to change. My life's about to change. I'm moving toward my future. The children of Israel said to Moses, did you watch this now? God speaks to Moses, lead them out. And they get there and just like us. Not like we're looking back at all them, the children of Israel. We do this. We do. Moses, why did you bring us out here to die like dogs? At least we had three squares a day in Egypt. Yeah, we had a whip on our back. And yeah, sometimes it was hard to deal with. Well, pretty much every day was hard to deal. We were kind of slaves. But at the same point, at least we weren't going to die early. But here we are. They're tracking us now. They're coming to take us back and drag us back into our yesterday. In the natural church, it looked like the end. But we are not just natural. We are, but we're not just. God didn't leave us with just natural. Turn your neighbor and say, I know that's not natural. Talking about your hair. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> but we are what? We are supernatural. We are supernatural. That means we house in us the plans, the purposes, the identity, and the power of God. Where? Within us. I am supernatural. Come on, somebody. It's the best combination for living successful on planet Earth. When you realize that as a child of God, you're not just natural, going through a natural experiences, having natural circumstances. Yes, that's a part of the program, but you are above it all. Say, I'm above it all. Say, I'm above and not beneath. I'm the apple of God's eye. Hey, come on, somebody shout, yeah. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. Y'all know what that means? Exactly what it says. Amen. It's the best combination, putting the super on the natural. And it's not hard to do. Putting the super on the natural. It's like the Reese's Buttercup. I remember the old 80s and 70s commercials and they bump around the corner and they bump in. The guy puts a chocolate bar into somewhere. I don't know why they brought a jar of peanut butter to eat while they were at the office, but there was a jar of peanut butter there and it went into their peanut butter and they say, you got chocolate in my peanut butter. And the guy said, you got peanut butter in my chocolate. And they ate it and they went, oh. It's the best combination on planet earth. It is what heaven supplies every day without calories and no fat. Somebody say amen. It is angel's food. Somebody say amen. Reese's Buttercup will be served on a daily basis in heaven. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's, I'm showing you by humor the combination. When you put the two together, it, it creates something completely different that's highly better than if it was alone. That's why Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him who is able... First, you got to understand that God is able to do. The Bible says to do. God is a doing God. God is an able God, and God's a doing God. To do. Watch this. He's able to do exceedingly. Abundantly. That means to go beyond your supposed limitations. Do you know this? God already knows what limits you. And he says, but if you have me in your life, if you put some super on your natural, we can go exceedingly, abundantly.
greatly above all that we ask or think. Come on. According to? According to? The power that works where? In us. Super is in my natural. And church, we have entered an era where we are going to have to truly walk by faith and not by sight. Earth, earthly wisdom is not enough. And the reason why I say earthly wisdom is not enough is because you have been granted supernatural assistance by God from heaven because you are his child in order to do what? To establish God's plan on earth for your life and his will on earth. No matter the color of your skin, get beyond all that stuff. When people want you to hyper-focus on the color and culture of your skin and your life, that's never God. Enjoy it. Understand it. Do your 21 plus 3 and 5, whatever it's called, and go ahead and find out who your relatives are. Praise God. Some of you thought you were black. You white. Now you look black, but you got white in you. Some of you white folks, don't be laughing. Praise God. That's why every third generation, an afro pops out. Poop, what happened? The baby with an afro. Solid white, but got an afro, praise God. I'm just telling you, we all come from two people, Adam and Eve. Pigmentation ends up to be where you land. It's where you live. That's how we got colors of our skin. But when you cut us, we all bleed. We're all one nation under God, all ethnicities under God. And the Bible says that all ethnicities shall flow into the mountain of the Lord's house. God's will is all of us to be together. And those that follow us right now, you may not know it, but that our church looks like a rainbow. You say, I don't know who, let me tell you something, you don't know who these people are. We're so, we're so many mutts in here, praise God, we don't know where we come from. But we just happen to have a color skin. But let me just tell you about color skin. It does not deprive you, nor does it give you any type of uh, a preeminence. I'm going to show you how in a moment. Your economic situation can't do it. Your sociological background can't do it. Where you grew up as a kid can't do it. It's all about making decisions of faith. It's what I can believe is how I will achieve. And here's the deal. As a believer, when you're faced with a situation that's too big for you to solve, whether it be good or bad, we are going to have to learn to operate by faith and not by conventional earthly wisdom because we found out we can't make it just like that. Faith, church, is an assurance. I think my wife started out talking about faith this morning. We were, did you talk about faith a little bit? Praise God. Receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Faith is an assurance. It's a confidence it's an assurance. It's a boldness. It's knowing something that you can't prove to the world, but you know that you know that you know that it's true. I can't prove my salvation to people. I just can't. Hopefully in my walk, they'll be able to see it in, my, in the way that I live my life, but I can't prove it. Like I have no card. When I got saved, I didn't get a punch card from heaven. You, are got, you have one free admission to heaven because you are now saved. I didn't get that. Neither did you. But I know that I know that I know that he's real. I know that Jesus lives in me. And I know that I'm going to heaven. And I know all my sins have been forgiven. Amen. And if you don't know that, today you can 
Know that it's so simple. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't knock on people's doors and tell people about it for it. You can't write a big check or put cash in in a a bucket for it. None of that. It's by faith that you receive his grace. Elijah had this kind of faith, church. Elijah, when he was at the brook Cherith, remember God sent him there. He hid him there because of Jezebel. And while he was there during that season, God gave him the water, the brook Cherith, to be able to give him the water that he needed for his, for, his, for his diet so he wouldn't be dehydrated and die. Also, the Bible says that the ravens of the air fed him bread every single day. So these ravens are flying around all over Israel in the area and plucking people's pies, praise God, out of their windows and pieces of bread and bringing them to the prophet. And he's eating and he's good every single day until what? Until the ravens didn't show up anymore and until the brook dried. And some of you are in that place right now. You're in a transition season. I'm talking to people today. You're watching me as well. I'm talking to you as well. There's a transition going on in your life. You said, Lord, why did this supply run dry? It's not that he can teach you some lesson and make you hump humble to take you back. He wants to bring you in because he don't want you comfortable where you're at. Mama Eagle is flapping her wings once again. And Elijah was told by God, he gets a word from God. He said, now get up from this place and go to a place called Zarephath and there you will meet a widowed woman, not a little woman, a widowed woman, no husband. Which He already knew what that meant. She ain't got nothing. Because she, no one's going to help her out, number one. Number two, is she doesn't have a husband, and that the husband's the only one that can work outside of the home. So you're going to send me, he said, and there you will find my supply for you, son. Isn't that? So he has to do what? He has to walk by faith and not by sight. He goes to Zarephath, finds the woman, knocks on her door, and, and tells, tells her who he is. And the first thing he says, can you give me something to drink? She said, okay, Lord, uh, my Lord, no problem. And so he, she goes, yeah. he said, and on your way, he said, can you also give me some bread? Because I've had a long journey. I'm pretty hungry. Oh, now all of a sudden she changes tune. The water she's got plenty of. The bread she has very little of, none of, actually. And so what's happening? It's going beyond her limitations. God's asking of her, this man of God who represents the word of God as a prophet, the word of God, the ministry of God, is asking of her something more than she has. And she said, my Lord, as long as the Lord lives, he knows I have nothing. I give, you, I give you water, all the water you want. But all I have is a little oil in a cupboard. And I have nothing but a little oil. And, and, and I'm gathering a few sticks. And me and my son, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna eat this and live on the rest. And so, and, and he said, he said, go ahead and do what you said, but bring me a small morsel from it first. Take care of me. Each person, Elijah and the widow, have to walk by faith and not by sight because sight was screaming to him, don't go there, not enough supply. But God said there would be. I wish I could get at least two people in this room to agree with me this morning. My wife and I were sent to Milwaukee, praise God. I didn't know, I didn't know there was going to be a whole bunch of people that needed help, praise God, as much as you all did. And not everybody happens to be wealthy in this city, praise God. But God sent us here, and he didn't send us to the suburb. That's okay, but he didn't send He sent us on the south side of Milwaukee, praise God. And I haven't met any millionaires yet, but we're going to find them, praise They're going to come. Amen. I said, we're going to find them, and I think some are going to be you. Some are going to be you. And so I had to walk by faith. Took my family over here with nothing, but just little, all we had was the little that we did have. That's it. 
And so we had to trust God. And then what happened? And then I said, look, we're going to start a church and we're going to need you to tithe and offering and do it. And what did you have to do? Well, we don't have much, but what we have, we're going to do it by faith. And you gave it. And look what the Lord has done for you, for this ministry, for this entire region, this city. And so she, she does it. And then she receives a promise from him that her flower would not run dry until the day that God sends rain upon the earth. I'm here to tell you, that's how God operates. He's looking for somebody. He said, will I find faith in here? Will I find people that will trust me? Not their own resources, not their own purse, not their own might, not their own capabilities. Not what their hand can do, but will they trust me? Church, our source is God, and it has to be God alone. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Now the, bran the vine can survive without the branches, but the branches cannot survive without the vine because the vine carries the life source and that life source goes through the root system and the vine pulls that, pulls that life and then supplies to the branches. And when the two work harmoniously together, what happens? They can bear fruit, not only some fruit, but much fruit when they're connected together to the source. Everybody say, God is my source. Say it again. God, God is the source of your provision. God is the source of your deliverance. God is the source of your healing in your body. God is the source of that new home you want. God is the source of that new job you need. God is the source of that marriage. I said God is the source of that new job you need. Somebody shout yes! And when you operate by faith and simply act on God's word, you activate the resources that are not from you, but are for you. I didn't have to supply, but God would supply it for me because his word says in Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. There never should be one broke day in your life when you realize and understand that my resources don't come from my bank account, but my resources come from heaven's throne, and all I got to do is activate it by faith. Come on. Say, take the pressure off of me. I don't have to be pressurized any longer. It ain't got to come from me. All I got to do is believe it. My God shall supply. Say, my God shall supply. Say, supply. That word means this, to fill to the full, all the way to the top, what has been lacking in your life. To fill to the full, God said, I'll supply it. All the way to the top, what has been lacking. What, what do you say? I'll supply all your what? Need. Need means business endeavors. All your businesses and your business shall be supplied. So if you got a business, God said I'll supply for it. But if your business is getting groceries for your family, I'll supply for it. It means this, need means this, distribution of funds. That means paying your bills on time. And the third thing it means is necessity 
of duty. How can you fulfill your duties without your needs being met? God knows that you have a destiny and he's what he put on the inside of you. But you got to believe that he'll supply for your necessity of duty and riches means abundance. So when we put it together, come on church. My God shall fill to the full, all the way to the top, that which is lacking in my business endeavors, my distribution of fun, taking care of my groceries, taking care of my kids, sending my kids to college, taking care of my business endeavors, everything that God's promised me to duty, his promises for me, all my necessities, every need shall be met. My God shall supply. My God shall supply. He'll supply for you today. He'll supply for you tomorrow. He'll supply for your children. He'll supply for our church. He'll supply for those units. God shall supply all my needs. It must be supernatural because I'm preaching hard and I ain't even broke a sweat yet. Praise God. I'll tell you, interestingly enough, the story I was going to tell, I tell every so often, and that was when our church was in a $28,000 need, and I told you about this, and, and we weren't able to catch up on it, and it was around that 2008 time frame, you know, when the economy was going wonky on us, and, and uh, I, we, were, we were like three or four months behind on this, this particular bill, and the bank called, so we had to have a conversation with us, oh, here we go, you know, here come the bank, so I sat down, Terry Morehouse, who was, who was a person who was our accountant at the time, and, um, and so we sat down in the loft and we had our boardroom up there and talked to the banker, nice guy, you know. He's not your enemy, he's just doing his job. So we sat down and said, can we pray, can we pray? Yeah, we can pray, he was a little bit uncomfortable. But hey, this is our house, this is what we do. So let's pray together and all that kind of stuff. Now church, I didn't have $28,000. I didn't have $1,000 at that time in our bank account here at the church. I didn't have it. We, everybody's out of work. People were living with family members and it was a tough time. And so I didn't have it. And so everything else was current, but this one bill just, it just got, it started unraveling. So we get to the chase. He says, oh, I'm here. I'm sure you probably know, but you know, we need to collect funds for the $28,000 or this is not going to bow well with you and it's going to be difficult. And plus, you know, every week, you know, where you're, you're racking up your interests and on this late fee and all this kind of stuff. I said, yeah, we totally understand that. And he's going through all this stuff about how bad it will be if we're not going to pay this at least half now and half later, that kind of thing. And uh, he's going through this whole thing. And I'm, I'm not listening. I'm, ag I'm aggravated. I'm perturbed. I'm mad because I'm in this position. This is not the God I serve. I said, God, this isn't right. I get it. Everybody's in recession. I understand all that. But, Lord, you said you promised. You'd put, I don't know if I quoted this scripture, but I know it was in my heart. It's always been in my heart. You'll supply my needs. God, I'm thinking this to myself, right, as he's talking. I'm not listening at all. Terry's writing things down. And all of a sudden, I just stood up. And, church, sometimes you have to understand that sometimes your spirit man will take over, and you just need to let it happen. I could have stopped it and just sat back down. Like, what am I going to say? I didn't even think about it. I just let it fly out of my mouth. And I said, sir, you'll have your money in your bank account by Monday this week. He said, oh. He said, all 28,000, every bit of it. And I could feel Terry going, oh, God. Uh, Bob, did I not communicate correctly to him? He knows. And, and, and you know, he's, he's, he's got to do that because he's a natural. He's a man of faith too. 
but we, he didn't know what I was doing. Nobody knew. And the man goes, oh, well, that, made, that was very easy. Yep, yeah, it's always going to be. No, no problem, no problem. We take care of it, no problem. He said, all right, good. And I'm thinking to myself, how are you going to do that? So I thought, well, I'll come to the people, and maybe we'll just make this. And, I, and it wasn't. God said, no, stand back and watch what I do. Church, it was supernatural within about four days' time frame. We had two checks that came in that covered $28,000. One from a person that didn't go to this church. You talk about walking by faith and not by sight and then not backing down on your word, which, by the way, when I told Terry Morehouse what I was going to do, he said, Pastor, I believe that. We're going to stand together in agreement. And it, every dime came in as a result of that. That is a super... Watch it, supernatural thing within me. I didn't allow the natural to keep up. I allowed the supernatural to come up. So $28,000. And then I thought, as I was putting this message together, I said, oh, my gosh. We got our, by the way, we got our quotes back on our units, our HVAC units, which I showed you in the commercials. We have a bunch of them up there, half are good shape that are newer from 2007 that we put up there. And the other ones are like 35, getting to be 40 years of age. So 30 years, if you get 38 years out of these things, that's a whole lot. So we take good care of them. The company takes great care of them, and so we were able to get longer life out of them. And so they, they start nickel and dime you pretty good, though, after a while. 300 here, 400 there, 500 there. And then finally the guy will tell you, eh, we can't put any more money in this. It's just not going to be worth it in the end. So we have two units that are down, one in this one, one in, this in, the, in the youth room, and then one in the children's room. And the way we get around that is we make the other units in the lobbies work harder to give us the air that we need, whether it be to cool it or to heat it, which is going to do what? It's going to put wear and tear on those things, and we've done it for a year now. And the Lord put in my spirit to replace, begin replacing these units. So we want to replace the ones that are down currently right now. And the quotes that we have in are between about $25,000 and $30,000. So about that $28,000. I'm going to speak right now in the name of Jesus. That every dime we need to take care of them units will be in our hands. And we're going to put two brand new HVAC units for our children who need it and our youth that need it on top of this roof. Somebody say amen. Because my God shall supply. So when he puts the money in your hand, that's not Disneyland. That's not Disneyland money. We got to take care of our children. We got to take care of our youth. And he'll do it supernaturally. Somebody say amen. I read that, thought, oh my God, Lord, that's the exact same amount, just about, that we have for these units that need to be taken care of. Now watch this. Give me just a couple more minutes. I'm going to set this up. Hebrews 11.3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. What framed the universe? Gravity, planets hanging right in the right spot, you know, spinning at the right rate. Who, what, why? He said, by faith, We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So we can frame our world by the word of God because the Bible says that we were made in his image and in his likeness. So what we see God doing, we can do too by faith. That's how that Joshua, he stood, he said, as long as we have light, we can defeat our enemies. But the light, the sun was going down over the mountains, and he commanded the sun to stand still in the valley of Agila. And the, the Bible says, and it stood still. And they know there's a 24, they've done the sign, they've done all the signs. There's a 24 period that is lost in, 24 hour period that is lost in time. Somehow, some way, it appears like the sun stood still. 
or the earth stood still, however you want to look at science-wise. So we know that this actually took place. So he says, everything in your life that you want to form comes by faith in the word of the promises God gives you. Are are y'all flowing with me so far? So that the things which are seen, what we can see right here, the things that are seen were not made of things which are visible or things that can be seen. In other words, quit thinking that you have to supply that you have to have it to pay that bill, that you have to have those qualifications, that you have to have those skills. My God shall supply. In other words, he gives, the Bible says he gives seed to the sower. If you are always willing to put the risk of faith to sow what God gives you, he'll always give you a perpetual supply of seed in your hand. But if you're not going to become a sower, he does not have to supply the seed. The more of a sower you become, by the way, the more addictive it becomes, but the more sower you become, the more seed God can supply with because he knows that he can trust you because you're not trying to build your kingdom. You're not trying to do it with your own means and methods so you can get the glory. This is all about God now. And you're showing that with your faith. Church, every sustainable resource that you need was created from the unseen world. Everything we see right now came from God who, cannot be, who is spirit that cannot be seen. Um, uh, quick, quick, uh, this is what I wrote down. Quit trying to figure out how it's going to happen. Man, it'll mess with your mind and put so much strain and depression and discouragement. How's it going to happen? I want to believe, but how's it going to happen? If you're looking for the how, you'll miss the wow. And God wants to bring the wow factor in your life. He wants to go, look what I did for you. Faith creates things that are not to be as though they are. In other words, you are not restricted to earth's resources or man's limited supply or ability. My resource is for me, not from me. My resources are for me, not necessarily from me. Let let me announce this to you this morning. Your so-called limitation in the future will become the platform by which God promotes you and brings glory to himself. God will build upon the limitation you once had. And that will become your model. That will become your decree. You'll say, look what the Lord has done. I couldn't do this. But from this place, from that place of limitation, God supplied. And the how went to wow. Somebody say amen. The limits that tried to hold Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they bound them up and threw them into a fire that was set seven times hotter were the only things, the only things that got burned were the things that were trying to bind them in the first place. The limits were burnt off of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I declare over you that your limits will become your leverage in the next move of God in the name of Jesus. You are about ready to shift into a whole new arena. This atonement season is going to put you into a whole new level of destiny like you've never seen before that only you have dreamed about. Everybody shout, yes, this is for me. This is for me. Come on! Now, do you really believe it or is this just good church? Do we really believe it? Or is, are we just having fun today? I'm, I'm making up my mind, I believe this word. When Israel needed to shift into their destiny, God required a faith shout. 
And God spoke to us about the shout and just sowing into the shout during this season. And when we come up to uh, September 6th, we're going to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. We found a Yom Terah, which comes from Yom Kippur or Rosh Hashanah, means to shout with a victory shout. And the first time we see that is the first city that God had Israel come up against, and that was Jericho. And it was not won by the, by the strength of their hands or by their chariots or their horses because they had none. It was not won by their weapons because all they had were rocks and maybe some bows and arrows, but not much of anything. They weren't prepared for war. They were slaves. They were not warriors. But God said, you're not going to fight the war. This is my battle. But what I'm asking, I require from you is faith. And in the faith is going to be your shout. And when you shout, the walls will come down and there will be so much confusion until they'll begin to kill one another. I believe the same thing is going to happen for you and me. Again, all that you need has already been provided for you. Can you see that? Can you understand that? Can you believe that? What do you mean, Pastor, when you say that? It's so simple. You say, how can you say that with such boldness? Because it's so simple. He's already proven it, has he not? Where do those chairs come from? Where, where did the equipment come from today? Where did your car come from? Where did your watch and your jewelry come from? Where did your shoes and your clothes come from? Where did your glasses come from? Did it come from outer space? No. Not your question. Did it come from outer space? Where did it come from? The earth. Everything came out of the ground. Every single thing, every element that we've worked with, that we make into plastic and fabrics, and that we, we, we make into eyeglasses, everything came out of the ground. God already supplied everything we need before, needed before we actually got there to even need the thing. And God created you and put you in the garden of life, the garden he called you to. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Chicago, Illinois, Beloit, Wisconsin, everything in between, or wherever you're watching. Maybe you're watching from a different country. But he knew exactly where he was to put you, and now you're in a garden that God has supplied everything you need. Don't tell me that's not true. Talk to Abraham. When God told Abraham, take your son, your only son, to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him there, and he has to obey and walk by faith and not by sight, and he cannot disobey God, and he walks up that mountain, and even the lad, uh, Isaac, said, Father, we have fire, we've got a knife, and we've got the things to bind, the sacrifice, and we have the altar, but we have no, we have no animal, we have no sacrifice. He said, Son, God shall provide. Didn't tell him he was the sacrifice, but you know he was holding out as long as he could. God, if I'm missing something, oh, God, I need you to come through. Come on. Lord, this can't be true because you'd be asking me to kill the promise, and the promise is my promise, and I know you can't lie. So, God, I don't know what's up here. And all of a sudden, he's about to do it, and God stops him with an angel and says, look over yonder. There's a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. That shall be your sacrifice. Set your son free. Church, the ram was there the whole time. He just couldn't see it. And I'm here to tell you what God has provided for you is already there. You just need to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Somebody say amen. <laughs> 